the Live Life Augustus show. We're back in this bad boy. It's been a second. It's been a crazy time. Like I said, you know, by the time this comes out, you know, virtual signal season will pretty much be coming to an end. <laughs> because yeah. we just recently had like, you know, all the, the elections and all that. So it's basically when your timeline is filled with everyone showing you their participation stickers. <laughs> it's just like, look, I voted. Good for you. But like I said, man, it's like, it's funny how every time there's an election, people run to social media to post the sticker on their forehead or on their shirt and all this other dumb stuff. Just say like, look, I voted with, cause with you asking like, you know, who cares? Well, I do it because I'm hoping that I'll motivate someone else to go out and vote. Okay. You think that they were waiting just to see if you were going to do it? Like, yeah, I think I might vote, but I'm going to wait and see if Mike did it. I'm going to see if he's going to post a picture of himself with his sticker. You know, let's see what, what would Mike do? on on this election day <laughs> it's like i said man it's like it's funny that you know what i don't see i never see anyone post their std re- results <laughs> on social media <laughs> you know well i'm clean <laughs> like you said you know i screwed that hooker but hey i didn't catch anything i never see anybody posting you know that they their paid parking ticket or i never see anybody sit there and post like I don't know their paternity results <laughs> because they've been sleeping around with this questionable person all this time. <laughs> so, so no one ever posts that or even posts like no one posts that receipt when they pay their taxes every right. April. No one posts that. They'll just post like, I, Oh man, screw taxes, taxation is theft. But no one ever posts the fact that they actually paid those taxes. You know? So my, here's my thing. When you have your other civic duty, no one gives a damn about posting that. And, and virtual signaling. But when they vote, it's just like, it's just that important that they show the world that they voted. <laughs> well, like, well, I mean, people post because they're addicted to feedback. They want that dopamine response of someone telling them yeah. how great they are. I mean, let's be honest. Anyone, and I'm going to include myself in this to some degree, anyone who posts training clips on Instagram, I mean, that's all you see from fitness people. Here's my workout. Here's me working out. Workout, workout, workout. Everybody's working out. Right. right? That's what you see in a lot of fitness, fitness influencers on Instagram or trainers. Now, I post my workouts from time to time, not as much recently. And part of that is just so people can see what I'm doing still, because I, I'm not out there teaching anymore. I'm not doing anything. So it's like, wow, Mike's still training. He's still strong and all that. But I would be lying if I said that part of it is not because I want that positive feedback too. So I think what people need to do is just be honest with their intentions. You can do whatever you want, but don't lie to yourself. Don't kid right. yourself. thinking, oh, I'm doing this because I want to influence other people. It's like, no, 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 you're doing this for yourself. You're doing this because you want to feel better. And you're going to, you think you'll feel better by a bunch of people telling you, wow, man, you're so great. It's like, Oh, that's so impressive. It's like, Oh, you're such an inspiration. Yeah. It's like, are you doing it for influence? Are you doing it for likes? So if no one liked it, let's say you post it every day for a week and you got no likes, would you do it again? (laughs) The next cycle, (laughs) the next election, would you post? I'm probably thinking you're probably like, you know what? Screw everybody. (laughs) In fact, I'm not even voting this year. Who cares? Well, look, it's like women that post bikini pics. Don't tell me that's for any other reason than you want people to tell you how great you look. Unless unless it's your bikini line and you're selling it, you know, it's like you're modeling yourself. So, so at least you're doing it for business, but otherwise, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And there's, there's plenty of women on Instagram. All they do is post pictures of themselves every day. Every day it's a new selfie. Every day it's, here's me at the gym. Here's me doing this. Here's me jogging. Here's me doing that. And it's all for one reason. You want people to tell you, how attractive you are or how great you are. It's like, Oh, your life looks amazing. And, and that's know, okay. That, like, and that's, <laughs> you know, and we, we, we get to address that because that's in one of the pointers that we're going to be talking about today. Okay. <clears throat> so kind of leads us right into it. So Good. basically um, I saw this post 
on Twitter from this one account, the mindset of Stoics. And every now and then this dude really posts some really good stuff. A lot of stuff we would think of like it's common sense, but we know, you know, as the saying goes, common sense ain't common, especially <laughs> these days. So, but um, so basically the topic on this one was some truths we all need to accept. All right. So the first one is like, you should either have a supportive partner or no partner. There's no third option. And dude, I'm I'm thinking that is so true because let's just be honest. I, this is one of those things where this is the one fact that you want to learn as early as possible in life. Because this, if we all sit down and think about it, we've, especially by the time you get around, if you've been around this joint for a few moon cycles, <laughs> you know, for a few decades, <clears throat> you, if you sit down and really reflect and think about all the relationships that you were in, man, and all the people that you may have dated or been involved with, you got to ask yourself, like pretty much how supportive were those people, especially, I mean, were they really there for you or were they there for them? You know, right. or was it just for this little moment? And again, that becomes a there for them type situation. It might have been both of you. Hell, you might have been the non-supportive partner as well. You know, so you got to actually sit down and reflect on yourself. You know, when, you know, when have you not been the supportive one for, you know, someone? And I'm just saying, like, just support anything out there. Being supportive doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to affirm whatever action somebody's trying to take. Being supportive is also pulling somebody like, hey, I don't know about that one. Right. You know, it's like that may not end the way you think it is because how many times have you just been like, mm, I want to say something, but I don't want to, I don't want this to be a thing. Well, that's already a red flag right there right. that you right. can't have that honest conversation with each other. So that's not being a supportive partner because if you're thinking like, well, if I tell them this, then it, it makes me look like a hater. Well, to my, a more mature, you know, logical brain will say, well, if I don't say anything, I'm being a hater. <laughs> you know, because you, if you really care, then you, you might say, so no one's saying you have to tell somebody what to do because I'm going to let you know right now. I'm one of those people. Don't tell me what to do <laughs> because I'm probably going to rebel and do the opposite. But you know, my thing is if I respect you <clears throat> and I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to listen to what you have to say. I might not necessarily do what you're saying, but I, I I'm going to welcome your, your feedback and, you know, or your opinion, I, I was like, okay, that's your opinion, but I'm still going to do this because I might have a little bit more information that you, in, in the thing that I'm trying to do. You may not be there, but that's the reason why, you know, I think it's another, it's another thing that's going to be addressed in this little list. That's why I surround myself with people who are doing way better than I am. So therefore, you know, my thing is I, I can listen to those people because they've done it and they're doing it a certain way. And then I can compare and contrast from there. You know, you don't want, again, as the old saying goes, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room because that right there makes it very hard to listen to someone else a lot of times. Because, again, I'm always asking, OK, what have you done to be what what qualifies you to even say this thing that I should not be doing or what I should be doing? You know, not that I'm going to let you control my life, but I just want to like what qualifies you. And a lot of times people are not qualified to even state such things. So. Right. <clears throat> Like I said, man, this, I feel like this is a good a good one to start off with because, look, man, you got to look at the person you're with right now, and that's like, or anybody that you're thinking about dating or or going out with. You got to ask yourself, like, hey, man, this this is not going to. Do you really this? Is this some fly by night stuff? If you're serious about this person, you got to understand that. Okay, if things go your way or not, you might be with this person for the rest of your life. <laughs> so you got to ask yourself, like, okay you got to draw that line down that tablet sometimes and be like pros and cons 
And if those cons, that list of cons is way longer than the pros, run. <laughs> Go the other way. <laughs> Just keep it moving. Yeah, I, think, I think a red flag is when someone's not happy for your success. I mean, I contrast oh, yeah. my ex with Carol. Carol's always happy whenever something is going well. Business is doing well or a workshop went well or a book got published, article got published. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You can tell that she's genuinely happy about that. Now, contrast that with my ex. Anytime early in my career, when I started having some early successes, it was always, oh, everything's easy for you. It's like, oh, yeah, look at you. Things just happen. I go, yeah, you don't see me working seven days a week, just ruminating about this business 24-7 while you're kicking back having soy lattes at Starbucks thinking you're working because you're writing in your journal. (laughs) So (laughs) it's it's one thing. Not everyone's going to be super supportive, and that's a red flag too, but- What's even worse than that is when someone is trying to sabotage. Just pissing on everything that you do. It's just like, oh, come on. I know a guy at the gym, and he said his wife doesn't like that he works out all the time. She gives him negative pushback. I go, come on, man. I mean, that's basically, I mean, that's really insecurity, you know, and most likely it's like, who knows? They may have been on a, a an unhealthy journey together all these years, and then he's made a decision like, okay, enough is enough, and right. she may not be there. And on top of that, the fact that she's made the decision not to start taking control of her health, she's now feeling even more insecure because she's already painted this picture in her mind, most likely, that he's going to go to the gym, get ripped. There's going to be some little hot chick at the gym that's going to pay attention to him. <laughs> and give him, And then he's going to sit there and like, oh, my God, she's giving me attention. And she's giving me the attention my wife's not giving me at home. My, meanwhile, this is the wife that's thinking it. Okay, if you already know that the attention thing is a problem, why are you not addressing it? So... And and he's going to end up cheating on her or he's leaving her for this hot chick or whatever else. They cre- Again, creating this crazy scenario that's not true until right. you focus so much on it that you make it true. <laughs> so, and that's well, funny if, how if life that works. Scenario, that if that scenario does happen, it's because the other person is giving not only him attention, he's giving him positive attention. Well, exactly. all you're doing is giving him negative attention. Of course, people are going to be tempted when that's what they're dealing with. Yep. Cause sometimes it starts with, Hey, great job. Oh, good to see you in the gym again. Oh man. So how's everything? You know, how's it, you know, how's your program? How's your training weeks after weeks again, this person is slowly chipping away. And then next thing you know, like you're hanging out, Hey, come spot me. Next thing you know, you're talking on the way out in the parking lot and there's a good conversation. You know, it's not like they're hitting on each other. There's a person that's actually talking and it's not the same. Oh, Hey, what's, how's it going? How's your day? Uh, there's no complaining. It's actually, Oh man. And that's where it starts. And, and trust me, it works both ways. They're guys. There are these work husbands that do that to your wife too. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. I see those, that those work husbands. Woo. Gotta watch out for those, man. To my, <laughs> I always say every relationship needs what I call the Lord principles. You need love, appreciation, respect, desire. Yeah, those four things. And if you give those four things to someone and you're getting those four things, it's highly unlikely you're going to be looking around because you're exactly. getting what you want. <laughs> you know? When you don't get those things, you don't feel loved, you don't feel appreciated, you don't feel respected, you don't feel desired. <laughs> if someone else comes along and makes you feel appreciated, respected, desired. Of course, that's going to be tempting. Let me tell you, man, it, if all those things or three of those things or two of those things are being addressed consistently, yeah. you know, consistently. It's rare that someone will want to actively step out. The only reason why they would is the fact that now 
that those acronyms no longer pertain to the significant other it pertains to that person themselves because they're not doing they're not giving themselves those four things right right so it has nothing to do with you now and guess yeah. what you're absolved you're good there's nothing to feel guilty about that person made a choice and their choice was they didn't choose themselves so how the hell are they going to choose you so you need now you no longer have to waste your time you know you you can now address this first point that we're talking about right now you know, and you go find you a supportive partner because that person's not supporting themselves. And that's where the support really starts. You know, you can't expect love from someone that doesn't love themselves right. you know, and respect themselves right. like that. So, so, and I think a lot of times people really kind of like, oh, it was my fault. You know, if I should have done this, should have, okay, but what, what did this other person, what was their part in all this? Did they even notice anything? Yeah. And so, yeah. somebody, it, it really does take two to tango. So, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you're dancing on the floor by yourself looking like van damme and that one video clip <laughs> so so or you're not dancing at all because guilty feet ain't got no rhythm <laughs> <laughs> did i send you that clip <laughs> no oh you know because i was sitting there like I, i've always i've always I've, i'm always looking for opportunities to interject that line no, so, no, here's the thing like here's the thing don't don't get all offended people when they, when you hear this okay <laughs> but there was this clip <laughs> And so it was like this black chick on TikTok. She goes, you know what? I finally realized why so many white people can't dance. So, and then they played the clip of George Michael. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. <laughs> I was just that's, like, always been my, that, that's always been a line I've wanted to say. If someone's like, hey, you like to dance? I'm like, nah, I used to. But now I got guilty feet and they got ain't got no rhythm. <laughs> I used to, man, until I got affected by this guilt. Now I got no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man thanks george <laughs> the world's a better place now <laughs> so yeah man but uh, it's not it's not even just in your most significant relationships it's your it's your yeah. peers as well Let, let's say you're trying to lead a healthy lifestyle people around you're like come on man you're fine just the way you are you don't need just have a cookie all right relax you don't have to be so what are you a health yeah. nut now you, know, you don't want to be around that kind of i don't even like being around people that just look at you sideways when you actually care about your own fitness or like, Oh, you know, you take this stuff really seriously. It's like, yeah, I do. And I'm going to keep it moving because I don't want to be around people that don't, or that are not trying to improve themselves categorically. I want to be around people that inspire me. Why do I have to be around people that I have to explain myself to? <laughs> yeah, man. And, and pay attention to little snarky little things on the side too. It's like, Oh, I see you about to go do your little workout. <laughs> so here's something in the black community. When you hear that little part thrown in front of something, yeah, they're dismissing yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, I see you starting your little business. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so how's how's your little how's your little training business working out? <laughs> it's like, okay. well, what's funny is when you're how's your business doing? Oh, it's doing really well. Really, it's really doing yeah. Something. Then then there's that. That's another that's another sly ass remark. You're all surprised. Like, yeah, why are you surprised? I've been in business for twenty <laughs> years. I've been doing well for a long time. I'm gonna keep. Oh doing yeah, it. yeah. I know, I know. But you know, oh man, I just you know you still so it's still working, huh? So that right there says to me, like, they are wait, they've been waiting for a long time for it to fail. <laughs> when they say it's still working, like, damn, I thought it would have failed by now. This dude. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, like, watch out for those little sly remarks, those little passive aggressive remarks, because that's not support. Yeah. Or anytime someone tries to diminish you, it's a bad sign. Exactly. <laughs> so my thing is, hey, if this person looks happy, then I'm happy. I'm shit, man. You excited about that? Cool. I mean, I understand what you're doing, but damn it, I see, I understand how happy you are and how enthusiastic you are about that. And that's contagious. Yeah. Give me some of that, <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, that's the other thing too, is you don't see a lot of people, especially as you get older, you, you, you end up being around less people that are excited about things. People don't get it. Or they're excited about things that have no consequence, such as who won the World Series. Yeah, who right. won the- <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Now, hold okay. on. I got to say something about that one because, you know, I'm in Houston. <laughs> and the World Series was just, it was, what's crazy is the parade for the World Series was the day before the election, right? And so... First thing it's funny. I was first thing I thought about was one thing that one of my boys had posted. It's like that's why we're boys, <laughs> you know, just kind of these like minds. But I'm sitting there looking at it. it was uh, it had to be over probably about a million people in downtown Houston, all crowded together. Which you know that's a red flag for me. I don't do crowds like that. That is a safety hazard in all aspects. You know that's that's the equivalent of going to like we were just talking about before we started recording. You know you want to avoid conflict and go don't go to places where there's lots of alcohol. So you want to avoid you want to avoid problems. Don't go to places where there's millions of people all packed in together in a tight space. You know, it's the reason why there's so much crime in New York. You got all these people packed together on one little ass island. What do you expect? So but I'm looking at all these people losing their shit. They're at this parade, you know, cheering on the Astros and all that. And, you know, and everybody's celebrating that. I'm like, now, how many of y'all going to turn up at the polls tomorrow and vote on issues that actually affect you? Because this team winning really doesn't affect you unless you own a stake in it. But no, your your basic consumer is buying their, their merchandise. You're hoping Mattress Mac, you know, loses the bet and you win that or whatever. If anybody knows about that, just look that up. <clears throat> but what how are you really invested in this team winning? Other than to sit there and talk smack to somebody online or whatever from another city or somebody from Philly or whatever else. Why how are you why are you so invested in these sports teams? that you own no part of. But when it comes down to things that really affect you, you're MIA, you're missing. But then when the next day the election happens and it didn't go the way that you were wanting to go mentally, because you didn't physically go do anything, you're pissed off and you're complaining. <laughs> but, and which don't get me wrong, even if you sit there and you do vote and it, and it goes your way, it doesn't go your way. Again, if you're not actually going out there and doing something where you can actually buy your politician, you're still going to be pissed off. Just letting you know now. That's just how the game is. <laughs> Straight up. Like George Carlin said, it's a big ass club and you ain't in it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was just wondering about that, man. Like these, there are people that can give you every statistic by every player down to the wire from the rookie year, all the way to when they were playing Pop Warner football and how many yards they got when they were seven, <laughs> you know, but then you asked about their finances. And pretty much what their net income is, you know, what their net worth is, they have no clue whatsoever. Right. So, again, just perspective. You know, it reminds me of this meme where it shows all these people in a soccer stadium cheering on their feet, going crazy. And then the meme is, if only people cared this much about things that actually matter. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes me. No one's having a parade because 20 kids were rescued from human trafficking. No. Nah. I mean, Ty Ritter and the team, they should have, I mean, they can't have a parade for them, even if they wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> they have to keep their identities secret. But let's say in a. What well, about hope for justice? You know, and like the girls that, right, you know, right. come back and they help turn their lives around. And now they, they've started their own business online and they've come all the way from being, you know, victims of, of child trafficking, sex trafficking. And now they're functioning. And here's another survivor. Here's another group of girls that are survivors. No one's throwing parades for them. Yeah. Know? And even on a less deep level, when's the last time people got excited about something going on in their personal life, whether it's a personal thing or a financial thing or something that's directly affecting you? Yeah. Big growth in your business or you had a great night 
with your wife, you went to a concert, you had a blast, you had a really good time. Then those are the kind of things you want to get excited about. Those are the kind of things you should initiate to get into your life. Yeah. I think a lot of times, like even just looking at that, you got a million people, you know, you know, pretty much losing their minds at a parade because the team won the world series is <clears throat> because there is a lack of that type of excitement in their personal right. life. Oh, yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a temporary substitute. It's no different than eating. You know, it's a, it's another dopamine hit that eventually will come crashing down when it's over with. It's, again, there's this reward with no effort. That's the problem right there. There reward it is. With no effort. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> that becomes, that's why it's so addictive because you're getting a reward without any effort. That's yeah, why Instagram's addictive. That's why <laughs> slot machines are addictive. That's why watching sports is addictive. Whatever it is, yeah. it requires no effort. Now you can get a dopamine response from a good workout, but that's going to require a lot of effort. You can yeah. get a dopamine response from going for a nice long walk, but that requires effort. You know, you can even get it from, you know, hey, the stock actually did what it's supposed to do. Or this crypto did what it did. But that means you have to do your due diligence. <laughs> and, and, the, and you also have to put in the effort of not wasting your money on fast food and going out and drinking and whatever. You actually have to put your money to work for you. That takes effort because, you know, something had to be sacrificed in order for that, that money to be there to grow. You know, and so it, it, well, it's not even a sacrifice, but somebody's like, well, I'm going to have to. Well, you mean I have to go without this in order to, you know. I don't know, be more financially secure. You know, for some people, it's not worth it. Like, cause they're like, ah, that's, you talking about something that may happen five, 10, 20 years from now. And they, they want right now that an instant gratification again, no effort. It's like, well, I can just go buy this Louis bag now, or, you know, I can just go buy these Jordans right now, or this Rolex right now. <laughs> well, I think some people feel that it doesn't really matter how much debt they accumulate because they'll just die with the debt. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? I just run this card up and then, you know, hey, they can cut it off. I'll just wait seven years. It'll fall off and then I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people do that. They don't care about their own health for similar reasons. They go, look, I'm just going to run this body as, as hard as I can for as long as I can. And then hey, man, you get all the time. <laughs> hey, we're all going to die anyway, right? <laughs> Okay, you nihilist. I'm like, shit. <laughs> like, well, my, my attitude is I don't do all the things I do because I want to live to be 200 years old or 120. I do it because I want to feel good. For y'all listen, I do all those things because I want to live. Yeah, I want to feel as good <laughs> as long as I'm here. I want to be I feel alive, man. strong and feel vigorous and want to go experience things in life, not just be so beaten down that I'm tired all the time and movement hurts to the point where you try to avoid it. <laughs> Yeah. And you just take Tums and Gas X because your your gut is so messed up now popping, that you popping Tums like they're freaking lifesavers, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hey man, let me get one of those Mentos. Nah, man, these are Tums. Oh, okay. I think the problem also is that this one guy I forgot who posted this, but someone made a point of saying a lot of people don't have a reference point of feeling really good, so they don't know what it's like to feel good. Yeah. They don't know what it's like to feel any different than how they feel, or it's been so long since they felt good. Yeah. Distant memory. And they just accept a certain situation. Now, when you actually do all the right measures to feel really good, it's a different type of addiction. You're like, Ooh, I want more of this. (laughs) Yeah. When I I don't feel good, that to me is a problem. Yeah. I I started, I don't take it lightly. (laughs) No, I started taking, I started like, okay, I started, I started turning to CSI. I'm like, okay, what what, what about me? Okay. What did I eat? What did I eat? What did yeah, I eat yesterday? Right when I go to sleep, did I get enough water today? What, what's happened? What have I been thinking about? What have I been consuming? What have I been watching? What's been going on around me? What, what have I been absorbing? So I can start doing an elimination diet quickly. You know, it's like I need to fast and get it out of there. That's what fasting does, no matter how you look at it, whether it be food, water, I mean, well, liquids, 
whether it's the things that you watch, whatever, it's just like fasting is great, no matter how, what it is that you're fasting from, you know, just give yourself a break from that because everything affects you. There's always an effect coming with the cause, man. So yeah, well, yeah one, like, uh, one, thing, one thing I've, I think fasting thoughts is a good thing too. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I really enjoy these two hour walks. I do at Raina now I'm committed to getting 10,000 steps in every day. So we do these long walks. Now I don't even care about the steps. I just like the duration of being out there for two hours because it's the weather's cool, which I like. It's not super cold, but it's cool. So it's nice and got that crisp air out there and then I'm breathing fresh air in and I'm getting yeah. out there for two hours where I have plenty of time to just think through things. So by the yeah. time I get home, I'm nice. And I'm, not only is Raina relaxed, I'm really relaxed. Because yeah. Cause you had a brain dump. First of all, you know, it's just like, exactly. oh. all out. instead of just sitting up there and you know, you're sitting in your, you know, chilling and sitting in your chair at night. And, and all of a sudden, especially if you're a creative man, stuff is just like coming to you. Next thing you know, it's four o'clock in the morning. You're tired as hell. You're like, damn, I meant to go to bed like three hours ago. You know, it's just like it's about walking. Is walking is not like an intense workout at the no. gym. Do an intense workout at the gym or at home. You have to focus on that. You're not thinking about other things. You're not going to think about what you're doing after or during because you have to focus on it. I'm it's, like, it's dangerous to do so. To do yeah, yeah. I'm not in the middle of a heavy set thinking. Okay, what am I going to get at the grocery store after this set's over? It's like, okay, let me think about this business problem right in the middle of this. No, you you have to focus, and that's a good thing too because to keeping your focus is important. But what I like about the long walks is that doesn't require any effort for any of us that are remotely in good shape. So it's just, it's not, I mean, it requires effort, but it doesn't require rigorous effort where you have to focus on each step. No. The only thing I got to focus on is I hear a little rattle to make sure like, okay, is that a skunk? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Like, cause I'm not trying to deal with that. Cause I had to deal with that about a month ago. Oh. One of my dogs got sprayed by a skunk. Like, ah, this oh. sucks. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, well, the thing was, the skunk was kind of bold because I had my I had my BB gun or whatever, but my dog was the problem. I was like, dude, get away. I'm like, I got this. Like, the skunk was about to be gone because I was shooting at the fence right above him. He's like, oh, shit, I'm going to get out of here. But then my dog had to go be confident. I was like, no, get your ass out of the way. I'm doing this for you. Move. And then the skunk was like, oh, oh okay. You want to run up on me? Here, take that. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> So yeah, that's never fun, man. So not it was not fun. The house was the house did not smell fun for about two or three days. Yeah. <laughs> so and tomorrow I was like, oh great. So just I'm just saying this always keep apple cider vinegar on standby for everything. Tomorrow you'll be surprised at all the things that apple cider vinegar can fix. Like one thing I did is like um that I read up on, basically you put apple cider vinegar in a bowl, like like multiple bowls throughout the house. That'll help get the smell out of the house. Oh, really? Okay. It was so crazy, man. And after about a day or about a day and a half, it was like it never happened. Now, the only thing that sucks is like, and they, they try to say that, you know, once it's getting closed or whatever, that you might as well just throw those away. You're not going to be able to be fixed. But another thing, put some apple cider vinegar like in your, in your washer, you know, and you'll be able to salvage those clothes. So, and the towels. Yeah. <laughs> Then take a tablespoon or two before dinner. Helps your blood glucose. Exactly. <laughs> well, it helps bring your blood pressure down, you know, after having such an exciting moment. Lowers post-glucose <laughs> levels. There you go. Exactly, man. So, just, <laughs> well, yeah, put some in your scalp, you know, because it'll keep your hair follicles healthy. <laughs> so, so, yeah, man. But, um, yeah, dude. So, that, I don't... Can't really see anyone that would overdo it from walking. <laughs> yeah, that's these, the thing. these days. It's not like you're going, it's not like you're going to be walking through the Sahara or anything like that, but 
you know, I don't really see anybody just really, I mean, here's the thing. If you're really getting injured from walking, then you've got other problems going on. It's walking is not the issue. I mean, you would have to, you would have to be someone who's going from sedentary to, okay, I'm going to yeah. do 2000 steps every day from now on. Okay. That's a bit much. Yeah. It's going to suck for a while, buddy. But still probably not as bad. No, well, that, that's why. And also, you know, what's funny is, I mean, you, you do, you start doing long walks. I actually had to up my calories because I started losing. Yeah, more. dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like, mean, I'm getting too lean, which to is my, a problem most people want to hear about. Yeah, to yeah. that. And, and it's like your metabolism is ridiculous. And then it's like, like now to this point, like I really stopped eating. Like I have my little windows. Like, okay, I've been really, really focused on, you know, my fast now. So I was like, all right, eight hour window, which is really great. I mean, it sounds for a lot of people, it's like, oh, that's plenty of time. Like, it is and it's not <laughs> because here's the thing. It's like, I'm one of those people, like I'm really like during the day, it's really, it's really hard for me to really want to eat during the day. Like, like I, I really have some light, like fruit, you know, right, and right. you know, and uh, I have my green juice and stuff like that, or a smoothie or something like that, but I really don't want meals. I don't really like, I don't do breakfast, you know, but so I usually start eating like around 12 o'clock and then, um, but there are some days where it's like, I, I'm good until like two, but it also depends on what the night, what I had the night before. Now, the biggest issue for me a lot of times now is trying to get that last meal. Like I have to kind of, cause I'm usually good because now, you know, by the time your stomach shrinks so much, like it doesn't even take much to get you full and it will last. And it's just like, man, by, by let's say seven o'clock, I'm like, I don't want anything, but I got like an hour left, you know, I'm giving myself and I'm like, and I'm not going to, I don't want to eat anything after that. You know, I, I actually want to get my my body time to digest, give it even more time to digest food. So, but man, it, when you start doing like, I like to train in the evening. I don't like training in the morning. I'm not one of those people who get up at 5 a.m. and go work out. Fuck that. That's not me. Never yeah. been me. <laughs> you know what I like to do at 5 a.m.? Sleep. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I'm not shitting anybody that does get up like that because, you know, some people, you know, have to go to work and get it in, whatever. But that's never been my lifestyle. It's not the life I had set up for myself. So, yeah, it's just not, that's just not me. So I'm a person that likes to train pretty much in the evening. So now I've actually had to adjust myself to get used to training, like I said, in the afternoon, like around two or something like that. So, but, um, but man, just like I said, you do that walk and then my metabolism is fired back up again. I was like, uh, so basically I'm just, what I end up doing is like, I have like some apple cider vinegar tea or I have ginger tea or something like that. So I'm usually drinking some type of herbal tea or something like that, you know, to just kind of combat because a lot of times also it is dehydration. It is still, you know, you're still not getting hydrated enough. So that does help and kind of, it'll stab off the whole hunger thing, but man, but then when you do eat that next day, you're eating. It's great. It's like you've earned it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's a good system that that's worked out for you. Mine's a little bit. I don't. I don't do any eating windows like that. I'll have a shake when I wake up in the morning, and that's maybe about an hour after I I'm up, and that'll get me through most of the day. And yeah. Then I'll go walk Raina, come home, have a big dinner. Yeah. I'll eat until maybe three hours before bedtime. I'll eat as long as I'm hungry. I just let hunger dictate. At this point, though, because of the the high level of activity, I do have to make sure I get in a certain amount of calories every yeah. day. Otherwise, I'm dropping. Again, a lot of people are going to hear this and go, well, why is that a problem, dropping too much weight? Well, it is a problem if you're someone who's into strength training because you want to have a certain amount of mass to lift heavy weights. You lose too much weight, you lose strength, too. Exactly. Yeah, average person doesn't care about that. They just want to lose body fat. Go for it. This is, this is 
you, you do long walks every day, you will lose body fat because you'll eat cleaner too. You'll just automatically exactly. eat cleaner because you'll have more energy for those walks. It actually reinforces, both reinforce each other. And it's just something just uh, just something that snaps in your brain. Like you really don't want crap when you're doing right. that. It's right. like your body knows like, you know, we eat that. This walk is going to suck tonight or it's going to yeah. be a lot shorter than you think, you know? And, and even just getting to the point where you were saying like, you know, you don't even count the steps anymore. You know, even what's really good about that at the end of the day, what it did was establish a baseline to get yeah, you, exactly. to get you it going. Have it. It, 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 is, it created a foundation. And then from there, you're probably, probably doing 20,000 a day for all you know, at this point, you know? So, and, but at the end of the day, it's like, at that point, who cares? Cause now it's, it's now a thing. And that's what you want it to be with a, with a healthy habit. You want it to become a thing. So therefore you're not even counting anymore. It's almost like a good relationship. It's like, you don't want to count like who did what for who it's like, it's basically, again, going back to the whole supportive thing, you're both supporting each other. You're making each other feel good. You're both feeling seen, being respected. And so you're not even thinking about, Oh, I bought this last time or you bought the one last time. You don't even care because that's not even the point. The point is you're having this experience together and that's what it really comes down to. It's a great experience. So that's the same thing when you think about your fitness, you know, goals or whatever. It's just like you want it to be a thing because you want to get to the point where you're enjoying it, man. You know, so it doesn't even matter. It's like you're getting it in and it feels good. And again, it goes back to the whole thing we talk about dopamine. You know, you put in the effort and here's the reward. So, you know, you, there's some incentive. There's some incentive for it. And that makes you respect it more. It makes you want to do it more. If it just came easy, you wouldn't, you probably would not care. Yeah. And if, if you're trying to establish long walks in your routine, don't hang out with people who do short walks. <laughs> right. Hey, <laughs> we're going to get to that. So, <laughs> so, yeah. Some people, I, I'm friends with a bunch of people at the dog park, but they all do short walks. One guy goes with, he doesn't do the walk, the walk as long as I do, which is fine because I wouldn't want him to come with me the whole time. I don't mind walking around the block. I like, know right, you're talking about. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but there, most of the people go there. They walk from the parking lot to this bench. And look, they're there for social reasons more than exercise, which I get. That's fine, too, because they're getting together with friends. They chit chat. It's almost that's like, healthy, too. You know, depending, yeah, on, like depends on the friends. Bar. Yeah, it's like instead of going to a bar and chit chatting, they're going for a walk and chit chatting. And that's great. That's fine. But for someone like me who I want to I want to get two hours of actual walking in, I don't want one hour to be so slow that it takes forever to do something that I could do in 20 minutes. Right. You're trying to make this a habit. You don't want anything slowing you down is where I'm going with this. Exactly. All right. So, man, that first topic went went away. Went had quite some distance on it. (laughs) Here's the second one. All right. If someone can't tell you their flaws they have a dangerous lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Woo, they're right there, man. If someone in their mind thinks that they're perfect, just walk away, man. I mean, they're either a narcissist or they're just completely delusional. So there's a difference because a narcissist is not delusional. They know what they're doing. Okay. So there, there is a difference between the two, but neither is a good, a good quality to have. All right. So it's the thing. So, if you can't look at yourself and see where you can improve some things, if you think you're, you're all good, here's the thing. You can be all good without being all good. Meaning, meaning, Hey, look, man, like I'm happy with myself who I am right now. I I'm thoroughly Jordan. You know, I, I thoroughly, I'm proud of the journey that I've had to get here, but also I know that I can always keep improving. 
Okay. I can always improve. I can always add more to my skill set. I can always add more things to increase my value. So, and that's the thing about it. I want to be a high value human being while I'm here. So I'm constantly trying to find ways to improve and increase my value because not only is that a benefit for me, but those around me, I don't want to be the one that devalues. I'm so I'm devaluing myself so much that I start to devalue others around me to the point where if they're even a fraction of being aware of themselves, they will remove themselves from my presence because I am, I am diminishing their value by being around. I don't want to be that person. Okay. And in my opinion, I feel like everyone should ask them, say to themselves that they don't want to be that person that devalues those around them or devalue themselves. So again, take a look inside, man, and just really do a hard assessment of yourself. Hey, what's the things I can work on? And, but then at the same time, look at the things that you're doing pretty well. And here's the thing. Hey man, enjoy that. Congratulate yourself on that. Good job. All right, let's keep it going. Keep it moving. So go from there. But like I said, man, getting back to that, when you have somebody else that's around you and they can't tell you at all, any of their flaws now, please. Oh my God. It's like when I said that, I had to catch myself because <laughs> there's also a diff- there's another caveat to that. There's a person that all they do is talk about their flaws. <laughs> and just yeah. like, so even that right there, again, that's still a dangerous lack of self-awareness when all they do is talk about all the things wrong with them. Because that means they're not paying attention to all the good qualities that they have. You know, so that means that even the smallest they think they think, the thing they think is the very smallest thing that doesn't matter goes to show that they're not the fact that you're breathing and that you're here today and you got a chance to do something better or improve upon yourself is like that right there is that's 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 some self-awareness that's going on whereas other people just have no idea like why they're here and whatever so really think about that really look at the people around you just kind of do that mental assessment especially as you may look man as we start getting older and if you notice like a lot of times that whole circle of friends gets smaller and smaller as years go on. Well, here's the thing. I mean, that's just a natural thing in life. I just want to make sure that as that circle in life, which <laughs> I always make this joke. Yeah. Uh, my circle is so small. It's a period. Okay. And when I say that, I said, well, here's the one thing about a period though, that right there is the end of a statement. Okay. That that's the thing about it. So I want to make sure that it's definitive. The people around me, I want to make sure that I have the right ones around me. I don't want any question marks whatsoever so i want to make sure i have good quality human beings around me because guess what that's what i strive to be every day i want to be a good quality human being that's valued every everybody around me so the only way i can do that i have to have the same thing around me and if i and there might be some times where you know you might be in a situation where you don't have that necessarily you don't have you know good quality human beings around you well you know what you have a computer you got a phone then you start watching and reading and Start viewing quality human beings. You start looking at people who are out there doing things, man, that are actually impacting and changing the world. You start, you read a book like My Body's My Own by Ty, you know, Ty Ritter, you know, and you look at what they're doing over there with Project Child Save. You look at people who are like posting videos and about things that actually like, you know, it's about life. And I'm not saying necessarily just go and try to find all these motivational speakers, but my thing is look for something that's inspiring. So therefore you can motivate yourself. And, you know, so you can make your own, you can make friends with people who don't even know who you are (laughs) by just going online or just picking up a book, you know? So, 
you know, look at people who are doing the things that, you know, that interest you and they're doing it well or things that, that I don't know, they're out there making things happen. You're like, Hey, I would like to do that. I want to read more about that, read more about this person and see their journey. Read some autobiographies, man. That's, that's another thing people kind of sleep on when it comes to books. It's like reading these autobiographies because I'm sure no matter, it can be some of the worst people that, you know, in history, but there's still some lesson, something in it that you can learn and be inspired by. Even if it's just inspire you to not be like that human being that you're reading about, yeah. you know, it's always out there. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's why therapy is useful as well for a lot of people, because you may go in there and talk about, you may start off complaining about all the people around you, but eventually it's going to get to the point where the therapist shows starts revealing your flaws Yeah, and it becomes that because that's, what's useful. That's what you can focus on. Yeah. And also sometimes people don't want to talk about their flaws to their friends. They don't want to be perceived a certain way. They don't want to talk about it to strangers, which I completely get a professional though that's different you're not trying this person's not your friend yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not even attest your situation you yeah. yeah they're not going to tell you what you want to hear they're going to give you their professional assessment and if, if it's a good therapist that's going to be useful exactly <clears throat> so it's not like they're going to lose you as a friend you know it's like oh i don't want to talk to you anymore <laughs> you know well, look i mean a good therapist is going to point out flaws just as if you went to a personal trainer and you have terrible technique don't you want the trainer to tell you that and show you how to do it correctly Rather than the trainer to say, oh, yeah, you're doing everything. Fine. Good job. Good job. Yeah. One more set. That's, that's terrible. Make them stop. What are you doing? Yeah, you want someone to show you here are the things, or you may be doing an okay job and they go, look, try these three, three things that'll improve your performance. And then you get that and you go, wow, that's what a big difference that made. Exactly. The yep. therapist can do the same thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, they pretty much ask the right questions to the point where hopefully it gets to the point where you can do that for yourself. So I think a lot of times we can keep ourselves out of a lot of situations. If we actually take a breath and ask ourselves the right questions. <laughs> and I just feel like we have the, all the answers. So, but again, again, it, that's where that self-awareness comes in. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're doing, if you're acting in certain ways, you want to know why you're acting in those ways in order to, that's the first step to addressing it. So if you're yeah. someone who's desperately seeking attention, rather than try to ignore or diminish the fact that you are, accept the fact that you are, now it's why are you seeking that attention? Because exactly. once you understand why you're doing it, now you can pivot from there. Yep. <clears throat> All right. All right. So number three, the best revenge is getting yourself to a place where you no longer care about revenge. <laughs> so that's my thing, man. You know, for the longest, I always, I love this, the the thought of the, the adage of the best revenge is served cold. Well, that was from a very young mindset to have that. And that was probably like, like maybe before I was even a teen to even think that way. But then by the time my teen years kicked in, because hey, it's the beauty by growing up with your grandparents, man, you do tend to have an old soul and you see things differently. It got to the point like, I don't care about revenge because I'm not even thinking about that person. I could care less. I couldn't care less. And the way I see it now, for you to be focused on revenge, you're already losing because that person is living rent free in your head. Right. right. <laughs> it's like, and I'm sorry, man, I know my value and I know, I know the value of what goes on between my two ears and no one can afford the rent in my head. <laughs> That's what I always tell myself. You can't even afford to live here. And so my thing is, it's like, I'm too busy 
living life to be focused on revenge on someone. So here's my thing. If you've done something to me to the point where the person on the outside looking in and they were hearing a story like, oh, I'd get my revenge on them. My thing is, if you've wronged me in such a way, thank you for the lesson. Because that was the one time. That was your one opportunity to do that. You're not getting a second. All right. So that that's that's my revenge right there. Cutting you off, being done with you and moving on. There's my revenge. Getting on with my life. Yeah. And not giving you that control, not giving you that power over me in order to think that you've that you've affected affected me in a negative way. Because you can't sit and say, Well, I don't want to I don't want you thinking that you you affected me. No, you did. Yeah, you made me realize, okay, now I got to make sure that I'm never in this situation again. I'm, let me recognize these red flags. So next time I even see anyone heading down that road, I can go the opposite direction. So yeah, you affected me in a, but in a positive way for me, man, I worked out the way for you, but Hey, but, but revenge, it takes a lot of energy, man, to do all that. Yeah, it's a lot of plotting, but you spend so much time trying to plot revenge that you're missing opportunities that could improve your life. Right. Cause you're so blind to what's going on around you man you yeah so it's not even worth it. it's not even worth it because what's the point what are you going to get out of it what have you what do you exact every minute it's going to be very defeating afterwards because you're going to be like uh it's, it's it's over you put more energy in the plotting than the actual the execution once the execution happens and the result gets goes the way you think it's supposed to go now you're like oh so now what most people do, they go out and sabotage and they get around some more toxic people that, that can betray them so they can plot so they can plot their revenge again. Right. <laughs> so they can be like, oh, I'm really good at this whole revenge thing. So they can, again, dopamine rush because, yeah. you know, it's just like, well, oh, that's an addictive cycle that people get stuck into where they put themselves in situations where they purposely get screwed over by someone. So now they can focus on revenge towards that person. Yeah, look. And if they get revenge against that person, then they put themselves in another situation. Now they're getting screwed over again. Okay. Now I can focus the on revenge against this person. Kind of reminds me of in, in Young Guns, right? Mm-hmm. Young Guns with Kiefer Sutherland mm-hmm. and Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen. One of my, one of my favorite Westerns where Billy the Kid is talking to this one guy. He goes, look, man, if, if, if these people kill you, then I'm going to have to go kill them. And that's a lot of killing, man. He's like, I've already killed a lot of people. So I don't want to, I'm going to have to go kill them and I have to go kill these people. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. <clears throat> oh, man. Sometimes revenge, also a form of revenge is when someone has wronged you and now they're trying to apologize for it. And I'm not saying you have to welcome that back with open arms. But what I am saying is that sometimes what people do is they hold that over them. They could, because now they feel they're in a strong position. Like, oh, this right. feels bad. I'm not going to accept their apology as a way to hold it over them. Right. And that makes me feel better. <laughs> and that, that's a waste of time, too. Exactly. Like I said, you don't have to welcome the person back. You don't even have to accept apology. But what I'm saying is don't hold, don't, don't get off on holding that over someone's head. Like, yeah, you want me to forgive him, but I, I'm going to show him. It's like, you can keep on asking all you want, but I'll, I'll, I'll never do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can be like, hey, bro, you good. You know, do you. It's amazing how people become like children in a lot of situations. (laughs) Often couples arguing, couples arguing. Someone slams the door, walks out of the room. (laughs) What are you, 10 years old? (laughs) I'm done with this conversation. Like, what the hell? Or just people whining, honey, I thought we were going to do that together. I was like, what are you, five years old now? Why are you talking to me? (laughs) Oh. 
<laughs> so yeah, man. So so yeah, screw revenge. Okay, it takes a lot of effort that you could be putting. You could put that effort in something way more positive and more beneficial to you. Yeah, put it into being a more compassionate person, not towards the person that necessarily screwed you over, but other people that deserve exactly. It. Put that in energy. Are... Put that in the energy and being the person that you put that into being the person that that person's not. So you don't end up like them. Well, I mean, another way to look at it is you don't want anyone else to feel the way you feel yeah. from being wronged here. So I'm going to make sure that I don't do that to anyone else so that they're not feeling the way I feel right now. Exactly. All right. Number four. <laughs> Woo, this one right here. Yeah, we might, we, we might, we might lose some people who are married on this one. <laughs> just because a relationship has lasted a long time doesn't mean it's working yeah yeah <laughs> hey man you know what you know what lasts a long time but sucks debt <laughs> it's like you know people that, that are constantly in debt is that working is that working out for you well i mean you also see a lot of, i see this in a lot of marriages in fact i see this in most marriages where two people have been together for a long time and neither one of them are doing anything to keep the other person excited. No yeah. one's doing anything fun anymore. They've just they've just become and they, they've they've got stuck in this routine. Yeah, that to me is the death of passion. Which is you may be together, but what are you? But, it's, it's, but are you together? You're occupying the same space, but are you, are you actually together at this point? You know, are you functioning as a team? Because that means it's got to be some movement going on here, not just the same like the predictability. You know, it's yeah. And, cool. and also you're now settling because you're good. Cause you no, know, here's the alternative. You're thinking like, well, I mean, it could be worse. I could be single and, you know, and lonely, but you're together and you're lonely. Right. You're just not alone, but you're lonely because no one, no one really is sparking any type of passion whatsoever, you know, in each other. And the spontaneity is all gone. And, or it gets to the point where you get to the point where you're kind of just taking each other for granted. He's like, well, I don't have to put any effort because she's going to be there because, you know, we're, we're faithful to each other. Okay. That doesn't, is that enough? No, <laughs> it's just nothing there again. Well, I mean, a lot of people's relationships, just to be perfectly blunt to me, just look really boring to me. Yeah. They're not having fun with each other anymore. It's just boring. And you kind of see that when you're all, you know, you're talking and <laughs> And my my thing is, I always want to have a good time. Let me tell you, man, it's so funny. Have a good time with your significant other. Then, I mean, come on, you should be having the best time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, One of the things that I always notice that you know, my wife and I always notice with a lot of couples when we're all talking. (laughs) This is the funniest thing to me, but I I understand why it's like that. You're talking, and then you know, we're just you know, my my wife can talk. So you know, we're just talking about things, and then you know, she starts talking about the things that we do together. And these couples just look at us like we have like babies going on the side of our head, like just to the point where they like. So you guys still like when she comes home every day, you guys like talk for hours. You still do this every day, and we just think it's all like y'all talk to each other every day. <laughs> it's like no, like we have like conversation, conversation. And they're just looking at us like, wow, really? And how long y'all been together? I'm like, oh. 15 years oh oh oh. well wait till you're together for for 20 i'm like let me tell you something when we said 10 years somebody said wait 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 till you're together for 15 and we were together for five and said wait till it's 10 look bro it's not changing you know why because we're actually friends we're not just married to each other it's like we're actually friends 
We actually like each other. See, that's the problem. A lot of people love each other, but they don't like each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, we like each other. We love each other. We're still in love. Now, can you get all three of those things? I said, then if you can get all three of those, you're good to go. You're, 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 you're on the right path, you know? So it makes it, there I means there's some excitement in there, you know, because some of the other stuff goes away for a lot of folks, you know, like that, that, that new relationship energy that you feel when you first start dating that lasts about like three, six months. Well, like if you're really in each other, you're pretty much banging each other to death for like every day, all yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> that that's is that really gonna go on for another 20, 30 years? <laughs> it's like eventually you got you got shit to do. <laughs> it's like, all right, maybe not twelve times a day. <laughs> how about, okay, how about one? How about a quickie? <laughs> you know, somebody sometimes, yeah, that's even more exciting than you know, an hour. Because sometimes that quickie is in a place you should be doing a quickie, but it's that rush, it's that excitement. It's like, damn, we got away with that compared to spending an hour in the same bedroom that you've been in for the last 20 years, <laughs> you know? So again, man, you know, it's just like that excitement it needs to be there. No one's saying that every day it has to be this rush, this adrenaline rush of something going on all the time, but it just, that, that routine, man, can be just the death of everything. Well, I think you should always have things you're looking forward to as well. We're looking, we're going to do this vacation. We're going to go to this concert. We're going to yep. go spend the night here. We're going to go do this. There's, there's, you're constantly engaging each other with fun activities, things that you're actually going to remember, experiences. I think of the reason why a lot of relationship people just coexist, they just stay together. I think there's certain things that enable that. One, television enables that. Two, computer enables that. Internet enables that because you can just distract yourself. Yeah. You can say, I'm not happy, but I'm just going to watch TV for four hours. We'll just watch TV together. Is, is that really spending time together? You're both just watching a TV show together. Unless you really don't watch TV. It's just like you're constantly out doing stuff. It's like, hey, you know what? Tonight, let's just actually, you know, watch some TV. Yeah, and I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, Carol and I watch TV shows together. You and Paulette watch TV shows together. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But for some people, that's all they do. Together. I know. Like, for us, it's rare. Like, I mean, that's, that's a problem. And even then, we made it like an experience because it's actually right now, there's actually a cold front, a week-long cold front in Houston. That's a big deal. And, you know, like I said, we just, you know, we've been living in this house probably for about like seven months or whatever. So we moved like right when summer began. So for the first time, it's like, dude, it's like, uh, I cranked out the fireplace. I'm like, oh, wow. So it's like, hey, let's watch a couple of shows, you know, right here by the fire. It's like, that's rare. Two rare things right there. The fact that we actually didn't have so much other stuff going on or whatever that we actually could just sit down and watch TV together. And we actually had a fire going in Houston, Texas, which is rare. <laughs> if damn near impossible a lot of times. So it was an experience, you know, it's like, oh, okay, this is nice. <laughs> but Again, it's not something we're going to be doing every day or want yeah. to do every day, you know, because we just, this is the one time like, okay, we don't necessarily have this. And it's even then we sit there like, usually we're talking when we, you know, by the time she comes home or whatever, we're usually talking and engaging in a good conversation. And just like one time, like, okay, we can yeah, just chill, watch, you know, watch a show or whatever. But even then we can't really just watch the show because we're going to actually break it down and start talking about the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, just, a, that's a good sign too. We're, we're constantly pausing a show like, wait, okay, let's, let's talk about that. 
can we just talk about why he did this, this, and this? And then next thing you know, it becomes this, this thing. And so what ends up being a 40-minute <laughs> show ends up being about four hours. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because, I mean, we did that just last night. Carol and I were watching the season five premiere of Yellowstone. And every yeah. 10 minutes, something with dumb was happening or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, all right, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I was like, now this is a dumb situation. You know why? Go back and forth for for a while. That that's a good sign too. When it's yeah. actually a good sign when you're watching something together and you're both vocal. You're you're saying you're talking out loud to the TV or you're saying exactly. Yeah, that's a good idea. When we watch the UFC, same thing. It's yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm just like, dude. It's to the point where this is the reason why we're we're so far behind on so many shows because we can't ever finish a season. <laughs> okay, like we are still. There's this one show called Queen Sugar, which is like that show has been I think it's been over for a year now. It has taken us like six months to finish this last season <laughs> because we'll watch like an episode or two. But it's so many things that, that hit home. It's hard not to have conversations about it and really break down stuff and really take yeah. some things and put them in perspective. And and a lot of times these episodes end up happening with scenes that are actually correlating with what's going on in our lives at the moment you know that we can think about and talk about or someone in our family and we can talk about it you know so it makes it very hard so it's binge watching just doesn't work for us <laughs> it's like we end yeah. up having binge critiques of things <laughs> so you should start recording those critiques make a make a you know i know you guys are going to be doing a show together you can add that to it as bonus material <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but people are like why are they why are they talking about the third season of This Is Us? They do know that show's been off for a while. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, on our own time, damn it, because these lessons that we learned from this, they're timeless. Even though the show's over, this lesson is still happening for people. So Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's what makes those type of shows great shows because they are these timeless lessons or whatever. Well, you know what's interesting is one of my favorite shows growing up is MASH, as a lot of people know. I've talked about that many times. Mm-hmm. I used to watch it with my mom all the time. Whenever I miss my mom, I'll watch an episode or two of it. And what's funny is I, I've my perspective of what happens in the show has changed so much over the years. As a mm-hmm. kid, obviously, I'm viewing all this adult behavior in a certain way. Then as you get to the, then you get to the point where you're the same age as the characters in the show. <laughs> right. You start looking at it differently. And then you start getting to that point where you're the same age as the older people in the show. <laughs> I know. You saw this evolution. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting to watch the show. Same thing happens when during the whole lockdown, I, I went back and revisited some 24 episodes yeah. starting season one. It was, it was we talked to, you know, we talked. I, about I remember that. when that show came out is when I first started my business. So I remember mm-hmm. watching that show in the first year I started as a fitness professional and to watch it now, 20 years later, you just look at things differently, which is, which to me is interesting. It's interesting to, I was like, oh, I remember looking at this episode and thinking this, and now I'm thinking something differently now. Yes, I think man. I think the other thing that's important for sustaining a relationship is one you, you have to re, you have to remain individuals where you have your own lives outside of each other. That's really important. And then yeah. number two is you actually have to have common interests, things that you both are really into. It doesn't have to be you don't have to be into <clears> everything. That's <throat> not like as if everything I'm into Carol's into. Not like not like it's not as if everything she's into I'm into. But there's enough common ground. That we can we can find common interests to go enjoy. Like she likes Lauren Hill, and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still got stuck going to the Lauren Hill, but, but but there were two drunk girls at our table, which were highly entertaining. We still talk about this to this day. I got stuck going to Mary J. Blige. Too, I was about to say Mary, that was my next one, Mary J. Blige. That that's a one time thing, though. Okay, I'm not going to repeat that. So once it goes to Mary J. Blige again, 
she wants to go see Mary J. Blige again. She's going to have to go see Slayer with me when they do their. <laughs> hey man, I, I I feel like you know, <laughs> I, I can say this much because there's a lot, especially because I came from that industry. There's a lot of things <laughs> music wise that were new experiences for my wife. I, I first I first music date was Marilyn Manson concert, <laughs> <laughs> and so so put it like this. Um, our first date, two days after our first date, we went to a poetry reading because I had some friends that were performing. Okay. Cool. And then a week later, I took her to see Marilyn Manson. So she was like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> so, and then let's say, <clears throat> excuse me. Then you have Maxwell and I think Mary J. Blige. But then it was Stone Temple Pilots. So, <laughs> you know, then it was like Rob Zombie. <laughs> and then next thing you know, it's it's like I said, we've seen Sade. So and then it's Chris Stapleton now, you know, so it's like in Kid Rock, you know, like uh, probably a couple of weeks after you know, like seeing uh, uh, this other rap show. So right. I took her all to all kinds of places, <laughs> you know, but she understood that because during the time, like when we first started dating, just to show you how long it was, just having my iPod on in the car. You know, and just listen to my players like the some the randomness of it all. She's like, "Wow, this." She okay, this has <laughs> gone all over the place. We've heard classical music. I've heard like reggae. I've heard country music. You know, I've heard like hard rock. Then I she's like, "I've heard." She said, "What is this again?" I said, "Death metal." Yeah, death metal. She said, "Because I couldn't understand what they were saying." I said, "No one does." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like death metal, hardcore, and I like Sarah Brightman. I saw Sarah. Exactly. The funny thing is, funny thing is. Funny thing is where Carol and I merge on music. It's it's funny how that happens because she'll go to Five Finger Death Punch. She'll go to Marilyn Manson. We've seen him many times. She's gone to Kid Rock. She loves that. So she likes rock. She likes some metal. And then I'm not a huge fan of Lauren Hill or Mary G. Blige, but I'm not miserable at those concerts. The yeah, only thing that makes me miserable about Lauren is the fact that she's always late. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and at this point in my life, I'm ready to go to bed before I even get to the concert. Okay, It's like yeah. I'm already thinking about coming home and going to sleep. As I'm getting ready to leave. Oh, that, that, that's what I like about Kid Rock. I mean, if you don't show up on time, you're going to miss half the concert. Exactly. He, he comes out at clockwork, and then he yeah. kills it the whole time. I give that to Godsmack He's as not well. Messing around. So it's like, hey, man, if they say they're going on, they're starting at 9, they, they're going to be there at 9. Don't don't sit there and like, oh, it's like three opening acts. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, nah. Like, we're going to get there in the middle. Yeah. Carol, Carol won't go to the hardcore or death metal stuff. And that's okay. Because like I said, I'm an individual. I can go to that stuff on yeah. my own. Or if I have some friends that are interested in that, I'll, I'll go to a concert by myself. If no one else is interested, I don't have a problem doing that. Because to me, I, I'm, you're not really interacting with anyone there anyway, unless yeah. you want to. So I go into a movie by yourself. That's not a big deal for me. Yeah, so well, exactly. Because like, I just went to see Black Panther by myself yesterday. Yeah, you know, and, In fact, I wanted to be by myself completely. So that's why when I went online to buy my tickets, I was looking at all the theaters like, oh, 11 o'clock show. There's only one person that has bought a <laughs> ticket already. That's the show. Up. And mind you, at the time we're recording this, this is three days after, after the movie came out. Now, here's the deal. Now, there was a 1030 show. Now, when I looked at it the day before, there was only like maybe two seats already to pay for. But then by the next morning, I started saying, I was like, how the hell are there eight other people getting up that early <laughs> to go watch this movie? You're What are you doing? And you then, know the people who thought the same thing you thought. Exactly. So I was, what was funny is the 11 o'clock show is only one person that bought a ticket. So I was like, okay. And I looked at 11. I said, well, let me, let me see. Let me give myself a little bit more time. So 1130 show, half the theater is already booked. In just a 30 minute show, I was like, I said, really, people, y'all? I said, not that I want you to, but that 30 extra minutes really made a difference that you couldn't go to the 11 o'clock show. So <laughs> I was like, anyway, 
so I was talking, I'm texting my wife and I'm like, yeah, I decided to go see Black Panther. I said, unfortunately, it's basically almost a private screen. It's just me and one other dude here. And he's like way in the front by himself. And then just as I was texting that a couple walk, I said, oh, hell, now there's three extra people. <laughs> she started laughing. She goes, of course you get pissed off when two more people show up. I said, <laughs> and then two more people. I said, oh, God, okay, enough already. So it ended up being probably by like maybe, it was like three couples, the dude, and one one older man and myself. But what's so funny is like out of all of that, it's like you're at Black Panther. And basically we were still the minority in that small ass theater. It was only three black people watching it. <laughs> it was like me and two older, like an older gentleman and an older lady. So I said, like, well, okay, well, at least some people will get a culture lesson here. <laughs> we get to witness that. Now, mind you, there was probably some things they probably went over their head. I could tell because I heard the black, I heard us chuckle on some things. And then there was this kind of nervous chuckle with the couple next to me. They were like, yeah, I think we're supposed to chuckle. They're like, eh, eh. So I was like, dude, you don't have to do that. It's it's okay. He's <laughs> like, if you don't understand what, what was the context of that, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No one's going to think any less of you. So, but yeah, man, it was, it felt good. Like, that's the first time I've been to a movie, been in a movie theater since 2019. So, wow. Yeah, so the last time I was in the movie was like the end of 2019, Paula and I, I don't remember what movie we saw, but mind you, a couple of months after that is when the pandemic started. So, yeah. and pretty soon after that, I just, you know, everything pretty much was going straight to TV, you know, going to streaming. So it was really, I'm like, why pay, you know, the, you know, spend $20, $30 at a movie theater when you just stay home now at this point, because you, you got used to that. Plus, I just didn't want to be in a... I didn't want to be around people who still weren't enjoying the movie by going to a movie theater. And when I say that, you know, you still have all these requirements, wear a mask, do this, do I'm like, that's not enjoyable. <laughs> you know, I said, so eh, I'm good on that. Now, what's funny is now going to a movie now, it's, it's almost like the pandemic never happened because it's still kind of gross in there. <laughs> still, still need like, come get the popcorn out of the, the, the cup holders already, people. Like, geez, nobody's even in here. So there's no reason for you not to be cleaning up. So I was like, yep, I don't really miss this at all. But there's just certain movies you still kind of want to see on a big screen. And yeah, I mean, I like, I like the whole experience of going to the movie theater. I like getting out of the, I mean, Yeah, sure, you can watch a lot of things at home. But I like going to the theater, especially we go to this theater out here where it's fully reclining seats. Yeah, we have that. Well, yeah, it's a Cinemark. Yeah, the Cinemark XD yeah. theaters. Yeah. yeah, we have a Cinemark out here that has that too. But we go to this one place, Galaxy. Where oh, yeah, yeah, we have one of those. Yeah. These are super nice. Yeah. Super nice seats. And you go during, you go on a weeknight or a weekdays. Mat- yeah, matinees are the best, man. <laughs> it's like, I like when people are at work and they, when they're out doing, taking well, care that, of their that's life. That's the whole benefit of having lifestyles like we do is that yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to wait for the weekend. To oh, do hell that. no. You, fact, you can't pay me to go to a movie theater on a Friday or Saturday. No, I mean, I prefer, <laughs> I, pre- I prefer having fun in this town Monday through Wednesday. Actually, Sunday <laughs> through Wednesday is good. Well, you, you notice every time we visit, that's usually when we visit <laughs> Come out to Vegas. We always leave by like that Wednesday night or Thursday morning. It's like, yep, time to go because here come here come all the normies. Well, when we do staycations, it's it's during those days too because you can get a super it's nice deals, man. Fraction of the cost, yeah. And then it's never dead on the strip, no matter what night it is. So it's yeah. not going to be dead, but it's also not crazy because you're not there on the weekend. So there's people out and about having a good time, but it's not overwhelming the way it would be when you go on a weekend. Exactly. So. But you know, whatever so whatever the herd is doing, I'm not interested. Everybody nah. travels for Thanksgiving. That's the last weekend I'm going to travel. Hell yeah, <laughs> three day weekend. Everyone's flying. Okay, well I guess I'm not. <laughs> yeah, and fortunately for me, I can drive to my mom's or whatever. But here's the thing: 
we, we leave that morning, come back in the afternoon. You know, it's a day trip. <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right, time to go. <laughs> Soon other relatives are going to be popping up for the weekend. I want to be gone. It's like, I didn't come here to see you. Come here to see my mom. So at this point. So, yeah, man. But I think on this topic, a, a lot of people stay together. They just coexist. They're not necessarily happy. They don't have enough common interests to keep the relationship exciting. Yeah, that whole opposite of tracks thing is a, it's a setup. Yeah, that's the dumbest. <laughs> it is such a setup. Never asked for is that right there. Don't okay, that, that, so that's it. You know, you know. I should be with someone who eats the carnivore diet, who doesn't work out, who's not into compassionate acts, no generosity. It's like why would like, that be a fit for me? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think the person that came up that and marketed that was a divorce lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> all right man let's see oh number five self-respect comes from self-control yeah because basically you'll never respect yourself if you're a slave to people pleasing and external validation yeah that's definitely true i've done the the times where i've been the hardest on myself is where i didn't have self-control so that's for sure yeah, I mean, that's when you make that's when you make all the decisions that come back and bite you in the ass. OK, yeah, so, yeah, so sure. it's like nothing really good comes from that. And, and here's the problem with that. When you get yourself in situations because you have no self-control, you then that's when you really like you say, that's when you're the hardest on yourself. And that's when you pretty much have no respect for yourself because you're like, what was I thinking? And then it, then it just comes a snowball effect from there. It's just not a good feeling to be really disappointed with yourself. No. That's not a fun feeling. Now, there's a lot of growth potential that can come from that. So that's the good silver lining to it. But while it's happening, when you do something that you really regret or you're really disappointed that you behaved a certain way, that's a terrible feeling. Exactly. I think too much focus goes on to what was I thinking? Whereas I would think like, ooh, next time do better. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Next time I'm going to do better. You know, so it's, it's the same. It's addressing the same thing, but it's just a matter of how you're coming at it because there's something very chastising by saying what was i thinking you kind of put yourself into a space of a child you know so it and also by saying such things and living off that you kind of remove the responsibility to do better by saying that like what was i thinking oh that was so dumb and and you basically put yourself in a corner and punish yourself and and you repeat the behavior whereas like oh next time i'm gonna make sure i never do that again or i'll make sure i'm gonna do better you're already taking responsibility after i I was really disappointed with myself with my ex in terms of the things i tolerated but i will give myself credit i took the the line of thinking that you just expressed Mm -hmm. And stated that I didn't, I, I said, never again, I'm not going to, this next time there's warning signs, I'm going to listen to it. I'm not going to engage in self-defeatist behavior. Right. And sure enough, I, I dated a girl after her and, and she wasn't exactly the same, but there were certain signs that were there. And I cut that like a bad habit. Real yeah, same here. I, I wasn't <laughs> someone who was going to even think about, I go, no, 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 no. Don't try to diminish these problems. You know that they're real and you know, it's not a fit for you. Never hey, again. Man. Basically my attitude. I even gave them the cheat code. I always say like, Hey, I, I'm, this is what I'm not going to do anymore. Cause I've been there before. I, and I'm not going to go through that again. And then that person was like, oh, those people were like, Oh yeah, I, I feel you. I understand. I said, do you? Yeah. And then first little sign, I'm like, Hey, what did I say? Did I say <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going through, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, it's not that bad. Oh, it's, oh, it's for me. It is. I said, I, I was very serious about that. I said, nah, this is not working for me. 
okay, I can, I can do, I can change. I, I, no, no, because you basically just you glossed over when I said I wasn't down with that. So you try to challenge, you try to take it there anyway, just to see if you can get away with us, and that's already a bad sign. So no, nah, I wish you well. <laughs> okay, so no, nah, that's the thing about it, man. Like again, that that, that comes back down to that self awareness as well. You know, pretty much know what does not work for you and know what when things don't work for you, how they make you feel. And it's just like, ah, I don't want to feel that because yeah. that sucked. I don't want to feel that again on purpose. <laughs> you know, I don't want to actively seek that kind of discomfort like that. I don't want that. So it been, it, there's no real benefit because I've learned the lesson now. I can move forward at this point. I don't want to keep repeating yeah. the lesson over and over because it's not a lesson anymore. Yeah, you know. that, that's the problem. When you're making the same mistake over and over again at some point. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a lesson. It's not a mistake. It's a choice. Yeah. Yeah, you're making the same choice over and over again. That, <laughs> so obviously you like it and so now you need to yeah, go that, and see a therapist. Yeah, then you have to have that discussion with yourself. Is this who Why? I am? Why? Is, is this acceptable? <laughs> yeah, is this who I am and this is what I'm going to do or is this something that I I know I shouldn't be doing? I don't want to do anymore. So how am I going to change my behavior? Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah. All right. Ah, here's another one. Don't let your time and energy leak via social media, overthinking and meaningless relationships, (laughs) meaningless relationships, man. (laughs) You know, it's just like just because a person has been in your life or been your friend since you were in second grade, blah, blah. But here's the thing. If you've grown apart, then sometimes you got to move. You got to move forward. They're not moving forward or, or moving at all. You know, it's okay. Hey, man, the things things come in seasons. Things come in seasons. So that's the thing about it. Even everything about you, even the things that you were doing when you were in your teens, a little different. Hopefully, they were different in your 20s and different in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s and so forth. You want those seasons to continue just to be, again, changing. You don't want them to be the same. So, and it gets like that with relationships, gets like that with friendships, gets like that with businesses, gets like that with jobs. And it gets like that with your, the neighborhood you're living in and growing up in and moving to and apartments or whatever. It's always a new season. It's always a different season because <clears throat> life is life is a season that's constantly changing with or without you. <laughs> it's not going to wait for you. It's going to change, you know. But uh, yeah, but again, the overthinking thing is another thing because you can overthink yourself to the point where you don't take action at all. And yeah. that's what that gets lot. people in a lot of, a tr- lot of trouble. I've been there. Don't get it. I'm very, I'm a very analytical like person that like really leans more on the side of logic, logic compared to emotions. And sometimes, you know, you can sit there and break down things to the point where the things are not there anymore to be broken down <laughs> while you're picking it apart, you know? And so you got to kind of find that balance where, all right, I want to be just hasty and do something stupid. But at the same time, I want to make sure I'm doing something toward advancing toward the thing. So, so I want to make like an informed decision, you know, so therefore I can take the best form of action. So what about you, man? What do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it reminds me of training where people, People look at, I, I, when I used to design programs for people, they look very simple in terms of development, but they're difficult in application because right. the effort is still going to be intense, but it's not overly complicated. A lot of times it would be two to four moves per training session, which 
compared to what people post online. They're, they're oh my going, god, man! Doing like... different things. Look, I saw two guys working. Ch- I mean, the, for me, working chest is one move: dumbbell presses, incline yeah. presses. That's it. Once I finish that move, that's done. I move on. There were there were these two guys that were doing flies, flying dumbbell presses. Inclined, then they did lift yeah. machine incline presses. Then they did cable crossovers. Then they did dumbbell flies. And neither one of them had had any impressive development. So that this is their, but the, this is the kind of stuff that prevents a lot of people from engaging in exercise because they look at the complexity of it. They go, oh, it's leg day today. Well, to me, every workout's leg day because I work leg <laughs> time I work out. I also work every day's upper body too because I work out. Right. And you know why that's effective? Because if I'm doing four full body workouts a week, if that's the plan and I only get two of them, well, hey, I still work the whole body twice. Exactly. Well, if I'm just breaking it down by body parts and I end up hitting chest on Monday and then I screw up the rest of the week, I mean, that's all I got. Yeah, it's like, oh, all I did was legs this week. Yeah. Like, so you didn't use your upper body at all? You didn't pick a (laughs) bar up? I mean, nah, bro. (laughs) So I think think for – getting people to make something a habit, you start with simplicity, meaning you do deadlifts and presses. That's all you're going to do. You do that three times a week. Now they do that for two months. Now it's a habit. Now we can start adding to that because that's not perfect. I'm not saying that's all you should do, but what I am saying is that it's easier to make that a habit because you have two things to focus on. It doesn't take a long time and then you move on. And then they they get a lot. Those two things cover a lot. They do a lot for you. That's what I do myself when I'm in a rush. I go, let me get something real quick. I go in the garage. I do a couple sets of deadlifts. I do some kettlebell overhead presses and that's it. Other days I have more time. So I'll throw in glute ham raises and barbell bent over rows or kettlebell rows, renegade rows, finish off with some swings, you know, whatever it is. But I always have the the backup program. They go, when you're in a crunch or you don't have a lot of energy, you focus on doing these two things really well. So I think, I think complexity makes that that's a definitely a big dissipation of energy because it's, it's, a, it's a dissipation of energy before you even get there, before you even start, because you're looking at what you have to do and you're thinking, man, I've got to do all this stuff. Ah, forget it. I'll just wait till tomorrow when I have more energy. Right. If you said, okay, let me get these two things done today, regardless of energy, because I'm, I, wanted, I want forward momentum. I want to build this habit. Habit's the most important thing. People always talk about discipline. Everyone's talking about discipline. Uh, consistency, bro. <laughs> yeah, you have Jocko, Jocko saying discipline is freedom. Look, discipline is definitely important. But what's more important than discipline is making something a habit. I don't need discipline to brush my teeth every Here's day. Here's the thing. It's a habit. I don't need discipline to sleep every night because it's a habit. Come on, yeah, discipline might be, might be freedom. But consistency is the tactical moves you need to get that freedom. <laughs> you know. Well, when something's a habit, it's going to happen. For me, exactly. working out is a habit. I'm not going to go three months without training, just like I wouldn't go three months without brushing my teeth, or taking a shower, or <laughs> walking away, you know, or, or eating dinner. So these are all habits. You know, imagine if you didn't do any of those. Things. I'm yeah. like, and it's official. You're homeless. <laughs> <laughs> you che- you checked all the boxes right now. But you, I mean, you want to get to the point where something becomes a habit. I mean, going for a long walk every day, that's a habit because I've been doing it every day for years. I mean, I can't, I, I've always had, I've had dogs for the last 20 years. Dogs need to be walked, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. So I've always gone for a walk every day. That's, that's a habit. That's not something I have to psych myself up for. I'm like, okay, let me take my pre-workout for this walk and get a cup. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make a big container of coffee to take with me. So let me go ahead. Let me go and take Mike's pre-workout. Go ahead and pop me some red. Uh, yeah, baby. Woo. Get this aggressive strength, get the testosterone up to take this walk around the block. Like, dude, sit your ass down. But, but I will say a thing about one thing. Okay. We all use social media, but I will say this. 
if you got rid of all your social media accounts, you'll, you will not regret it. I get all not regret it because you will find more productive things to do in that time. I go through periods mm -hmm. where I just delete Instagram from my phone and I don't look at it on my computer for a month or longer. And guess what I do with that time? I end up reading a book a week and getting out yeah. more and having more real world conversations because a lot of times people use social media as a substitute for socializing. You just chit chat with a bunch of people online or you look at their stories. And you like, yeah, you're not even like chit chat. It's not even real engaging conversation. Like no, here, here's when I know someone's really good when I'm, I got a DM like thing going like with a friend, like I said, privately or whatever, to the point where we're no longer texting. We actually use the voice part. Yeah. <laughs> we, we send a recording to each other. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like I'm not about to type. Oh, I got some shit. To, I, I want to talk about this, but I'm not going to type this shit out. You know, and those are usually the best DMs for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, I love that because you know, like, okay, it's like it's cool to actually like interact and I'm hearing this person's voice and it's just it, it just reaffirms like, all right, this is a, we're actually cool with each other because I don't want that from everybody. And I mean, there's a lot of DMs I don't even ask because I don't. A lot of them are stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb so when i see some of my story and they'll reply with some dumb shit i'm just like but i'm not even gonna address it because it's so dumb <laughs> you know like it was just one person that i sent it to you like he had something to say about something i reposted of yours i'm like just shut up she's like i'm like you've trained how many people none okay he's like oh like the whole thing we used like basically it was like a starter deadlift program that you had posted and this person uh, i think i think it was that article i wrote about training advice for people over yes there. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, did you, did you, even, had, I'm like, did you even read what, what Michael said? It's like, no one's saying somebody who's like been training for fucking like half their life, you know what I'm saying? And come on, dude. It's just like, you take your insecurity somewhere else. I mean, because I'm looking at how many followers oh, look, you have. Look, people can have whatever opinion they want to have. I never get bothered by stuff like that. If yeah. someone looks at what I do, because I'm not saying it's categorically correct for everyone anyway. So if someone looks at it and they think, nah, this is too little, fine. Go do your own thing. I don't care exactly. what you do. I'm just, my thing I'm, is, I'm just telling you my opinion. Here's my advice on, on 30 years of training myself or longer and 20 years of giving fitness advice to other people. Here's what I find will work for the vast majority of people. Now, if you have more aggressive goals, sure, you're probably going to have to do more work than what I laid out there. You want to be an elite power lifter or you want to be an elite Olympic lifter or you want to be elite at anything. You're probably going to have to put in a lot more effort. But most people don't have those aspirations. I do you one better. Like someone, someone who can't even deadlift two twenty five, telling me that a program doesn't have enough volume in it. You know, go pull six hundred pounds, then tell me what works. Because I do you I, one better. I do the one years better. where I've gotten the strongest, I was only doing a few things at each workout. I found it worked the best. Yeah, I do you one better. Hey, bro, you follow Mike? You tell him. <laughs> don't 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 tell me that that's not enough. Tell him that. That's <laughs> so you got an issue with that man's post because hey. As far as my post, hey, I'm not even gonna dress you. Like, who are you? Well, I'll post my, what I, I'll post what I want. Not, Fuck you. Someone, <laughs> it's, it's perfectly fine for someone to say that doesn't look like enough. Maybe for that person, it isn't enough. Maybe that's the person's experience. Going, hey, look, I've trained myself for a long time. I know what works well for me, and this is not enough. Just like I can say, I've trained myself for a long time. I know what works for me. That's too much. That's gonna that's gonna detract from me. When I worked out with Mark Philippi for several months. Yeah, I got a lot of benefit out of it, but I got a lot stronger after I left working with him. Why? Because I know how to train myself better than he does because I've trained myself longer than he has. Right. So he put me on this high volume program, which may work for some people. I've never found high volume works for me. I've always found a few sets, higher intensity, higher frequency is what works best, especially with something 
any lift you're trying to improve, if you can, if you want to get better at kettlebell pressing, if you can do it five times a week, you're going to get a lot better at it than once a week. Even if you're doing lower intensity five times a week, as opposed to high intensity once a week, because you're developing central nervous system facilitation, your brain is getting better at doing it. I mean, try doing light deadlifts five times a week and watch how much faster your technique gets better. And if your technique gets better and you're more dialed in mentally, in the long run, you will get way stronger. You're going to have to have some patience because many people are addicted to the dopamine response of heavy. Say, that's the problem right there, patience. <laughs> the thing is, can you do a workout where it actually, you, you feel as if you could do it again right after you finish it? No one gets good at playing the piano where they keep playing the piano until their fingers are bleeding. <laughs> just banging on keys. And just thinking, like, okay, okay <laughs> this is not music anymore, bro. This is now hardcore now. <laughs> it's like you're thrashing, you're thrashing a piano. You know that, right? It's like, you do on, 30 bro. minutes of concerted effort five days a week. That's going to be way more effective than three hours one day a week where you're just, you don't even want to think about doing it again. For another week because you're so exactly. like look bro there's the compound effect and then there's the come pound effect okay so you're just banging and banging and banging away you know you're not going to be able to sustain that no and i will <laughs> say that my final point on this is that i've having spent a lot of time in different commercial gyms over the last 10 years or so i can tell you that the mistake i see most people making especially men is doing too much too much not <laughs> enough, not not doing a few things really well just doing too much because they're doing deadlifts and then they're doing partial deadlifts right after. And then they're doing kettlebell swings and they're doing hip thrusts. Now, my attitude is doing Bulgarian squats. I'm like, like, why are you doing split squats? How, how are your legs functioning at this point? Right. How are you able to stand up? And then when they're they're done, they're limping out They're They're rocking sideways out of the gym. I do a couple of heavy sets of squats. I'm done with legs. I don't want to do anything else. I hit everything. What, What else am I trying to hit after that? Everything's already been hit. So my point is, is that it's always better to err on the side of doing the right dosage. And that could be usually less is more. Is more. There it is. More. Yep. And All if right. you know yourself so well that you disagree, great. That you should know your, I mean, look, if you've been working out for a long time, you should know what works for you. It's no mystery what works for me at this stage in the game. I know what works for me. <laughs> so whatever goal I'm trying to achieve, I know the best way to get there. No one else can tell me jack shit. Now, if someone else is like, hey, I'm the same way. I've been doing this for 20 years and it's working for me. I would say, great. You know what works for you. Good. Exactly. So my thing is, when you know only follow this man, then address that man. Don't don't come to me. That's bitch shit. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's bitch shit. Don't do that. I will no, ignore I you. I don't care if anyone disagrees. With yeah, me. it's like who cares? It's like I'm like why why do you care so much? No, meaning I don't I don't feel like I have to defend it in any way. No, I'm talking about this person. I'm like why do you care so much? Like why why is like oh that's just, why okay well guess what you can do you can do a post just like he did where you can just do the opposite right it's really that simple. That's the thing, but when I see it, in my mind, if I see something I consider something uh, uh, that's a problem, not even a problem, there's something that could be improved upon. And then it really inspires me to like come up with a solution and do something about this. I, I, that's what I'll do. You know, I don't sit there and say, and because so-and-so did this, this is why I came up with this program. Like, no, I was inspired to do this because I'm pretty sure there's somebody else out there that can benefit from this. See how that goes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, just again, so this is the reason why. It goes back to this. Don't let your time and energy leak from social media and overthinking and meaningless relationships because stuff like that addressed all those three things. One thing thing I never do is critique anything anyone posts. No, 
not once has, has someone ever posted something where I go in there and feel like, well, that's got to go break it down. Hey, well, you know, I, I saw your post about so-and-so. Did you ever think about it? Bruh? I'll no, I'll look at it and go, okay, that's interesting. I don't think that that's for me, but I don't have to sit there and try to disagree with. I don't. Even, yeah, I don't even have to sit there. And now all of a sudden, we got to have this 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 forum. You right. know, what I'm saying over this topic, I'm just like, you know, I don't care enough. <laughs> I just don't. But, I mean, there's no bigger waste of energy than letting someone put you in a position where you have to, where you feel you have to explain yourself. I don't yeah. let people. Do I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that in real life, so I'm damn sure not doing it on social media with a stranger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Believe me, no one's ever come up to me in the gym and said, "Man, you know, I've noticed that you only do two, three things every each time you're here. Why is that? No one does that. No. Why? Because they're focused on what they're doing. I'm focused on what I'm doing. They don't have, no one's going to waste each other's time doing that. Now, if it, I've had people ask me, they, I've had this one guy ask me, he saw my deadlift. He, I, clearly, clearly he's watching me deadlift many times because he asked me if I could critique his son's deadlift. And I'm happy mm-hmm. to do that. He had a teenage son. I went over there, broke it down a couple of things, helped him out. He's very appreciative. Sometimes the son sees me and he asks me a couple of questions, but I can tell it's because he genuinely cares. He's not trying to waste my time. He just wants to get better and he sees me doing something and he feels that I know what I'm doing. I don't mind giving out advice to people that actually care. Now, what I'm not, that's a lot different though than someone coming in an argumentative tone. Yeah. Well, why are you doing that? Why does that work? <laughs> that kind of thing. But no one does that. No one does that in the real world. So why tolerate it from people on social media? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Last one. If you always think your happiness is somewhere else, it'll never be where you are. <laughs> yeah that reminds me of a line from colonel potter in mash he goes if you ain't where you are you're nowhere <laughs> <laughs> you almost sound exactly like like i i saw him saying that as you said. <laughs> that's how much i, I don't remember that. mash that well because I, I wasn't a fan but i knew exactly who you were talking about and i can hear him saying that and you almost sounded just like it damn <laughs> <laughs> that shows you also not only does it show you that i want that i've watched that so many times the fact that i was able to recall and repeat that line immediately exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah that was ready in the bank like, hey i got one for you on that one <laughs> once one time in college i was at lewis and clark college for a while and i was hanging out with a couple of guys and an episode of mash came on and we're all smoking a bunch of weed having a good time and then uh, i'm like oh does this one guy goes oh yeah this is a great show and i didn't say anything but Right, right before any character would say anything, I would say the line. And this guy's like, "Man, you got to stop watching this show." <laughs> and this is twenty years ago. And he's like, "You watch this show way too much." <laughs> I go, "Watch this. If I do say so myself, Father, you're a hard act to follow." And then the guy goes, <laughs> "Roger, my brother." He goes, "I had to stop watching that show because we watched it so much with Mom. I know every line before the character's going to say it." I go, yeah, I still feel the same way. That, but that's why I do watch it because I feel that it helps me connect with my mother when I miss her. So right. it has it has a lot of meaning for me in that respect. But there's there's a lot of life lessons you can pull from that show, such as what you just said. You brought up point number seven, and I go right away, <laughs> right away. I have a correlation or an analogy that goes right. Mm. To- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. So yeah, there's. That, that's a wrap on that right there, man. So again, we were touching on some truths that we all need to accept. And I got, right. you know, I got those topics via mindset of Stoics. And, um, but all the commentary, that was us. <laughs> so, 
it was all us man but uh, well, what's funny is sometimes i read someone's book and i go this would be a person this would be a good person to get on the show but then i think yeah. you know what i could just take five points from this book and then we can talk it without the person we exactly can talk the person, <laughs> and that'll probably be better because well you know sometimes i watch other people's podcasts and i see a guest now back in the day i used to think oh man well let's get this guy on our show now mm-hmm. i watch it and i go eh i already started i mean every question i would have asked this person's already been answered so why would I want to even get the person on the show? Exactly. I mean, they've done, they've done their rounds and they pretty much like, you already know, like, oh, that's the same thing you said on so-and-so's podcast. Or, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. or sometimes they'll say things like you bring it up. They, they may have written it in the book. And then when you bring it up and ask them about it, they, they look at you like, wait, almost to the point, like, I said that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you yeah. know, you know, you know what, what led you to, you know, come up with this idea and blah, blah. Huh. I actually wrote that. <laughs> oh, I actually forgot about that. Like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, especially if it was five years ago or something. When yeah, they exactly. And they've written, like, yeah, exactly. And they, especially if they've written like two or three other books and they're like, yeah, kind of moved on from that topic, but okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man. So, yeah, that, that was, like I said, that was one of those things I wanted us to talk about. I've gotten to the point now, like sometimes I'll see some of these posts now. And I was like, yeah, that's a great topic. I said, we should talk about that. So now I've just been kind of saving them <clears throat> like a little folder because otherwise I'll forget. Because <laughs> again, social media every day is something new. So whatever you thought was a good idea, you're like, oh, I'll come back to that. You won't even remember. Like, okay, wh- what was that thing? Where is it? Because <laughs> there's just so much information being pumped out constantly, whether it's optimal or not optimal but it's just constantly something's feeding your brain feeding your brain to the point where you have to take that break otherwise you overconsume. you know so that's the problem i feel with social media in general is that is you're you're getting inundated with stuff to the point where you're not really processing anything or you get so inundated with things that you get to the point where you're no longer you your thoughts are no longer your thoughts Right, right. You start having opinions about things that you're like, why do I have that opinion? Well, you don't. That's not your opinion. You've seen it so much and now you've been sitting inside this echo chamber. You didn't realize you were inside an echo chamber. And now you actually think this is an original idea that came from your mind. So that's why it helps to turn things off, sometimes sit in silence and, you know, and just really reflect on things and then really kind of like to get to that point where you can ask yourself, like, do I really feel that way about this? So if you're not asking yourself more questions than as opposed to always having an answer, then I think you're, you're going down the wrong path. Right. Know? And that's the thing. Yeah. Some of you have all the answers, but no one has not, not enough questions. And so yeah, that's my thing. I, I question everything, even things I've done in the past, things, things I've thought in the past, I do more. I question myself. I question things more and more and more and more. I've always been very inquisitive and curious, but I'm even more so now. Like where, where did that come from? Like even someone else's thought or something else, like how did they get to this point? You know, because I don't know, man, it seems like the older I get, the more curious I am now because so many things have, so many veils have been lifted and moved and, you know, and really as you, if you're fortunate enough to keep getting older, you're fortunate enough to stop giving a fuck about a lot of things that you thought you gave a fuck about. (laughs) Well, I don't like being manipulated into believing or thinking a certain way. And also I noticed that a lot of people just inherit ideas and belief systems. They They didn't choose these on their own. They inherited religious beliefs they inherited cultural beliefs and in other words your parents are democrats so you're democrat or your parents are christian so you're a christian 
none of these things are things. <laughs> Come on. Your dad on went to te- your dad went to Texas A and M, so you went to Texas A and M. Your you know your your brother's in this frat, and his and then your dad was in this frat, so you got to keep it on your or you know it just becomes this thing because that's the thing that's what we've always done. Right, because there's comfort in that. So not having to think for yourself or not having to think at all. You just inherit things. Well, they believe this, so I'm going to believe it too. So if something goes wrong, you can blame them also. So it's like, well, you know, it's not my fault, but this is, a, you know, that's how they've always thought. So what what, what am I supposed to do? Right. Uh, think for yourself. <laughs> so. No, it's but. hard to think for yourself, though, because. No matter who is, who is yourself, you don't even know who you are. You, someone's always feeding you what they think you should believe. So if you're looking at religion, one religion says, okay, this is what you should do. Another religion says, this is what you should do. And then you finally choose one, but you're still choosing one because someone said, this is what you should do. Right. <laughs> that's, why I never, that's why I never follow any one religion because I, I can never buy into any religion wholeheartedly. There were always inherent flaws I saw in every single one where there's no way I could just turn blind eyes to it. Right. And usually the things that, you know, you're like, oh, I can get with that. ends up be a common denominator with all of them. <laughs> you know, it's just like, ah, oh, so here's that one universal, here's that actually universal truth that people talk about, you know? And that's the one thing that is not focused on enough in, in individual religions. Damn yeah. Man. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so... Like I said, I, I like that little list of things, man. Like I said, and, and I definitely want to see, like, you know, your thoughts on that. So like I said, that was I'm, good. Not, I'm at that point where I say I'm asking lots of questions, even more questions than before. So cool. Definitely. Well, hey, man, that's all I got for that. Yeah, me too. We can wrap it up right there. Perfect. All right, folks. So we're going to catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to share this if you feel like it, which I think you should, you know, and get people asking more questions, whether to themselves or those around them, and hopefully help people help us all just get better. All right, folks. So we'll catch you guys on the next one. Take care, everybody. Take care. That wraps up this week's Live Life Progressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Progressively show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode episode that is not available to the public our patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving patron only discount codes beginning at 15 percent off on all products on mikemahler.com and newwarriortraining.com don't forget to rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify and stitcher lastly be sure to share the episode by following us on social media on facebook as well as our new account on instagram until the next episode take care everybody